Welcome to Postscript. My name is Dave. I'm the worship pastor, among other things, here at Compass Point. And with me today is Pastor Chris Heiss. How are you doing, Chris? I'm doing great today, Dave. I'm glad to be here again. How are you? I am doing all right. Great. It is Holy Week. Yeah. It is the week before Easter, which means there are so many moving pieces right now. <laughs> and everyone around me is getting COVID, but that's okay. We're uh, we're here. We're healthy. We're going to be talking about trees and the story of God today. Yeah. Uh, and on Sunday, we got to hear from you um, a little bit out of the prophets and these images of trees used in the prophets and how it ties together. I mean, last week we talked about Jesus as the vine and the branches. So do you want to give us just a little recap of what you were talking about on Sunday? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think for me, Sunday was this beautiful opportunity for us to get an image in our mind that could kind of carry us through Holy mm. Week and the celebration of Good Friday and Easter. Um, and I was actually really excited about that. You know, sometimes we don't engage our imagination as much as maybe we could. Yeah. And so I love just kind of tracking through. We looked at several passages in the book of Isaiah and seeing these different images um, that God has used to reveal things about himself and about us. Um, and so, yeah, so we were looking through, you know, about the rebellion of the Israelites and mm -hmm. how they had turned their back on God. They were worshiping false gods and idols. And then how the prophecy was spoken out to them that they would become like these fading trees and stumps in the mm -hmm. land. Um, and so we're kind of left with that stark image. And, you know, I can kind of picture that in my mind. I don't know if you can think yeah. about it if you're oh, listening, yeah. but like this this forest of just cut down trees. Um, but then, obviously, Isaiah also, especially in the second part of the book, uh, brings a lot of hope and lots of prophecies about Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we see Jesus called this tender shoot. Um, this idea that this king would come from David's line, it would be like this tender shoot out of dry ground. Yeah. And so we get this idea of this green shoot coming up out of the stumps and out of the dry ground. And so we see that Jesus kind of is our representative or our replacement. Mm -hmm. um, he comes in and kind of reconnects us to God, us ourselves returning our back. Um, and then, you know, you go on a little bit further. And I love, there's a wonderful verse in Isaiah 43 where it says that, you know, the remnant of Israel is talking about the Israelites, but would become like poplar trees planted beside water. Mm. Uh, and that really brings us back to the Psalm 1 picture that we talked about a few weeks yeah. ago about these trees planted by these streams of water that had life and were bearing fruit and were enduring. Just such a wonderful picture of faith and of spiritual formation and of life in Jesus. And so a good image for us to kind of carry us through and contemplate mm. uh, really over this next season. So yeah. Yeah, so so good. So much good stuff there. And I love that the picture of the green shoot. Um, yeah. If you haven't, go outside today, because whatever day that you're listening to this, you can probably find those green shoots. I was out in my yard, both front and backyard, and actually like both finding like, oh, there's great stuff coming up. And like my front yard, I think I found 40 maple saplings starting to grow in my grass. And I'm like, <laughs> that's too many. I gotta start pulling out these these tender shoots, right? But yeah. um, you get this, yeah, this actual very visceral image of of life breaking through the ground and breaking out. That's a great, great thing to say. Certainly in our climate, if you're listening here in mm -hmm. Southern Ontario, you know, a practice that you could engage in would be to, yeah, go for a walk and, and encounter all of that kind of yuck and mess that comes at the end of winter, right? When like, oh, yeah. everything's gross, that old lawn chair that you left out on the, the grass, you know, in the wintertime that you forgot about is now uncovered and it's like rusting and, yeah. you know, everything's sloppy. And, and when you move the things that were on your grass and underneath you get all this like yellowy, yeah. bright greeny grass that's like growing and dying all the yeah, time. Yeah, there's branches everywhere, there's old leaves and, and then to be able to see your right the signs of spring you know the buds mm -hmm. that are coming out the flowers we were having a little bit of a late spring you know the weather's been a little cooler and and so to go and see that this is the perfect opportunity yeah. over this uh, easter weekend and and certainly over holy week to go and do that i'd encourage people to just engage in that as a practice of contemplation and observation yeah absolutely so we, 
we talked on Sunday about, um, I mean, Israel was these like, like essentially they ended up being these really disappointing dead chopped down trees. Right. And like, I, I feel like it's pretty easy to be like, Oh, Israel, you did so poorly. Where am I supposed to see myself in this story? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a great question. I mean, I think, you know, we tied this idea of, of kind of this picture back into the creation story. Mm-hmm. You know, we kicked off this series. Paul pe- preached a, a fantastic message looking at this this choice of the two trees in the garden. And, and so there was this idea that, you know, as Ad- Adam and Eve and, and certainly as humanity, we continue to make the wrong choice. You know, we choose mm-hmm. ourselves over and above God and over obedience to God and our way over his way. And so, you know, I think we can kind of see ourselves. This is similar to what happened in the story of Israel. We see it over and over again where the Israelites are rescued by God. They receive his salvation. They experience his goodness, you know, but then they again, you know, turn to their own way, a way that is comfortable, a way that seems right to them, uh, but kind of move away from obedience to God. Mm-hmm. And it ends up causing them to wither. And I think we do that all the time. Yeah. You know, like every day in my life, you know, I make choices where I disregard God's best mm. because somehow I think that I know better. And so I think it's a good reminder for us to, you know, stay focused on the way of Jesus and pursuing that rather than our own idea of what's right and wrong. Yeah. And, and I mean, this whole, the, the prophets point us so well to uh, this weekend, this weekend of, of Good Friday and then Easter Sunday, um, and like what it means that Jesus is the vine and the branches, Jesus is his tender shoot. So we're going to get there, but I, I want to spend a little more time uh, in the Old Testament and maybe not even specifically in what you were talking about on Sunday, but... Um, as we've gone through this series, uh, and you've heard Paul largely preach on this, um, what, what has struck you about this idea of trees, this kind of line we can pull through the story? Um, what, like, is there anything that, that has kind of struck with you? I've, I've got a bunch of things and a bunch of other things that, I mean, I was part of coming up with some of these ideas. So there's a couple stories that we haven't been able to preach on. I just want to touch on really briefly, but I'm curious, hearing all of this and then preaching this one, what, how has it made a difference? Yeah, great question. I can't, I want to hear from you on this for sure. But, you know, I think, you know, before going into this series, I would have had a very small understanding of the place of trees in scripture in general. Mm -hmm. Like it just wasn't something that I was super aware of. Sure. You know, there's lots of trees because there are trees and I, you know, I hadn't really thought about it a lot. Um, Certainly as we begun to kind of dig in and like look at some of the resources that have helped us and just look at scripture with a little bit of new eyes, we're seeing that these trees are extremely significant in these stories. Mm-hmm. And sometimes as high places or places where, you know, people meet God, um, sometimes they represent God and represent life yeah. and and sometimes represent us. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it, you know, it's not always the same thing. No. Um, and so you can't necessarily weave like one direct line through all of the examples of trees. Uh, but we see these different metaphors that are at play and there's a richness to it, 100%. One of the things that's really stuck out to me right from the very beginning is this idea idea in Genesis, you know, that, um, you know, that God made fruit bearing trees and Mm -hmm. then he made humans that bear fruit. And so we see this idea that we are, you know, um, made, you know, what, what's the word I'm looking for there? We're, uh, uh, it's like a metaphor, I guess, for life. Yeah. And so uh, for me, that's been really interesting to kind of track with that and, uh, and to see that particular thread. Yeah. I I have, um, for, for me, I mean, I, again, was part of kind of coming up with this series, but I've realized as we've spent more time in it, um, tracing threads like this, like trees through, especially the Old Testament, because the Old Testament tends to be where I'm like, what is happening and how does this relate to me a little bit more um, as, as much as I really do love it. I felt like following this line of trees has made it 
harder to read the Bible moralistically. Hmm. So as kind of a, a set of like, here's a thing, learn this lesson, right? It's, it's less about the lessons and it's more about the story. It's more about how God weaves it all together, um, which I think is something we can struggle with sometimes. You know, you, you read these stories and you're like, oh, okay, so what am I supposed to do? And who am I supposed to be like? Who's the hero here, right? Well, the hero is God. Um, and this picture that we see in Genesis of the trees and, and how like weirdly elevated they become and how, how, I mean, they're, they're a metaphor, but they're this beautiful thing in the way that the, the Hebrew authors especially play with these ideas that the New Testament authors then pick up on um, and weave them in and out, kind of weaves the story in this beautiful tapestry that you can, you can pull from, which I just, I love. And I think it's one of those things that um, the Bible can be a hard book to read sometimes, but the more time I've spent, especially with themes like this, the more I'm like, oh, it's, it's incredible. It's beautiful. I want to spend time in it. And I think that's a gift. Yeah, absolutely. And I was going to say as well, like, I don't know if you're listening today, like, you know, where you live, you know, if you live in more of an urban setting or you live in the countryside or whatever, but I think something really neat has, has, you know, stuck out in my mind as we've done this mm -hmm. too, is all of this garden language and yeah. garden mentality. Yeah. You know, right from the beginning of scripture, we see the tree of life, but we also see that in, in, in revelation, you know, in the, yeah. in, the in the, the new earth yeah. and, and, uh, and then all these places where we see the temple and the presence of God kind of using some of this garden language, mm -hmm. bringing us back to the garden. And so being a person who's grown up in the city, I don't know. It just, maybe that hasn't connected with me, but, sure. but going through this series has really helped me to see that and see kind of the imagery there of what it's mm -hmm. calling us to. Well, and, and if you're in the area, like uh, at some point in the next couple of months, uh, get down to the RBG, go to one of the, one of the gardens there or go on a hike down, um, down in some forest. We've got great parks around, yeah. great conservation areas. Right. And, and I think there is something there, there. There's a reason why some people say like, oh, I connect with God best when I'm out in nature. There is something about nature that can draw our attention and inspire our imagination and kind of points to something so much bigger. Yeah. Um, I want to touch on just a couple of the other stories that, yeah. that we didn't preach on um, that I have, as I've been pondering this trees thing that I have like, I, even I don't, I don't have the answers, but I've been like, oh, I wonder what's going mm. on there. Um, one of my favorites is the building of the temple. Um, so we've got in the, in the tabernacle, in the original, you know, the kind of portable temple, there are all of these things which point to garden and trees, right? So a lot of the, the decorations are pomegranates. Um, there is all kinds of use of wood um, overlaid with gold and all kinds of other things, but there is like wood becomes one of these key elements. There's fine fabric, there's, there's fine metals, and then there's wood. And you're kind of like, really? Like wood? Like that's the best? Yeah. And that's absolutely the best you can do. But then when it comes time, you know, David tries to build the temple and God says, no, it's not, not for you. And it's like, okay. So Solomon comes along and he's going to build this temple and he builds this amazing temple. And it talks lots about the cedars of Lebanon, which are these incredible trees that, that were famous just for being huge beams and, you know, floating them in and, and just really cool things. And he builds this beautiful temple again, decorated with all of this tree imagery, um, and you read it, I think it's in First Kings, uh, and then you flip to the next chapter <laughs> and you see Solomon is like, yeah, the temple is built and it's this incredible, you get the dimensions and it's, and immediately it's like, and then he built a, a house for himself. And Solomon's house is called like the temple of, or the house of the cedars of Lebanon. And if you read carefully, this is where like the, the weird kind of stats in the Bible are just fascinating because it's, it's bigger than the temple. Like he, 
he goes from this like beautiful image of like God and trees and like the presence of God to like, by the way, I'm doing something better for myself. Um, and I'm not only doing that, but I'm calling it a tree. I'm ca- like, it's, I'm straight up, it's straight up idolatry immediately after building the temple. And I love that picture. I mean, I, I don't love it because it reflects a human heart and like how sinful we are. But I love even in this moment of, of glory of God's like the, the perfect dwelling place for God with his people. We think we can do it in a place. We think we can. We, no, we can't. Um, which again, points to this fact that we need God dwelling in us. I'm the vine and you are the branches, right? There's this, this thing going on. Um, another one of my favorite stories involving trees is, is Elijah. Uh, Elijah and the prophets of Baal, right? We, we know some, some people know the story. So he goes and uh, it feels like there's no one left following God and there's this big challenge. So he, he sets up this altar uh, and encourages the prophets of Baal, like, you know, cry louder, slash yourself more, make sure that God comes down. Nothing happens. The fire doesn't burn. So then it's his Elijah's turn and he's like, pour some water on that pile of wood, right? And again, we see wood, this etz, the Hebrew word for, for tree. Um, and he pours water all over it. And then all of a sudden, the fire comes down and it's lit up and it's this amazing moment where God is consuming and, and proving himself to be God over everything. And it's just like one of the most miraculous, victorious moments in the Bible. And what happens immediately after the, I think it's the queen says, I want that guy dead. And he's like, Oh no, I'm dead. So he runs away into the woods <laughs> And he finds a tree and he falls asleep under a tree and he says, God, I'm dead. Just take me now. I want to go home. And this is under the tree where, um, you know, there's the rushing wind and the rain and all the things. And then there's a still small voice at the end that says like, hey, man, maybe just take a nap and have a snack. I'm still with you and my people are still here and I'm still at work. And it all happens under this tree. Um, after this, you know, experience with the altar and the wood and the fire, and then it happens under this tree. Um, and again, I don't, I don't know all the connections there. I'm sure there's some cool ones, but again, this just tracing this theme of trees and wood through the old Testament and where, where it points to this image of, of God's perfect creation in Eden. Um, and yet this testing that happens under the trees in these high places, I just think there's so many other things and there's probably a ton of other stories that we're missing here. Um, yeah. Any other, any other thoughts from you as you've, you've thought about this stuff? Are there any other, um, tree things that you wonder about even? Yeah. Great. Well, I mean, obviously the big one, and this is leading us into good Friday, but it's really the significance of the cross, which we sometimes call the tree Yeah, and just the imagery there. Um, you know, I mean, it's, it's difficult, you know, we don't want to just be making stuff up, but this idea of this choice of the tree in the garden mm-hmm. and this presence of the tree, you know, in eternity. And yet there's also Jesus made a choice and that choice is connected to a tree. And yeah. so I think, you know, it's just fascinating as we, as we read through these things to allow some of that imagery to help us to, uh, to contemplate and to, to think more about what God is speaking to us and allow those images to, to speak to our hearts for sure. And there's so many other stories in Jesus's, uh, in, the, in the gospels, in Jesus's story. Like I, again, there might be nothing to this, but what did Jesus do before his three years of ministry? So like in his first almost 30 years of life, he was a carpenter, right? He worked with wood. His dad was a woodworker. Oh, okay. Well, that's interesting, right? And then and then so many of the parables that Jesus told, um, there's trees throughout yeah. them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then like when Jesus 
enters, you know, the, the palm branches, obviously, on Palm Sunday, those came down from trees. There's Zacchaeus in the tree. Um, there's the uh, Jesus, there's a weird story of Jesus cursing the fig tree, mm-hmm. right? And you talk about trees and fruit and trees not bearing fruit. And right. you can read that passage and kind of wonder, well, what's what's going on here? And I think it ties back to these same things. There's d- Jesus on the night he was betrayed. Where is he praying? In a garden, in this in this grove. And I, I think that garden actually is still there today. The olive trees are still standing. Um, I've heard a number of people who visited that and like had these sacred experiences reaching out and touching the bark of these trees. Um, I think it's all throughout there. And you're right, we're going we're gonna to get to Revelation uh, on Easter Sunday and talk a little bit. What about this, this tree at the end um, in, the, in the New Jerusalem? There's a tree in the middle of a city, which is so fascinating. Yeah. So. Well, one of the things, too, that's jumped out, you know, as we've been reading about this is just the idea that there's a certain eternal quality or a... A, a picture of something eternal in a tree, you know, in the sense that a, a tree, you know, it, it, it creates seeds and those seeds fall to the ground and as mm-hmm. those seeds experience sacrifice. I mean, Jesus even talks about sacrifice related to this idea of a seed falling to the ground and dying and yeah. and then it, it, it's kind of, uh, you know, becomes a new tree. And so there's a sense where there is a circle, this, this of life that happens in a tree. And so in a lot of ways that is representative of what God has designed originally mm-hmm. uh, the human life to be, you know, that there this be this eternal quality to it. And, and um, you know, obviously because of our sin that was broken, uh, mm-hmm. but Jesus has stepped in to be a redeemer and a reconciler and a savior for us. And so to bring us back, yeah. you know, to this picture of this garden of this tree that has this life that goes on and on. And so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's great. This has been a really neat journey for, uh, especially some within our congregation, you know, that that think in this way, you know, in terms of metaphor and Mm -hmm. imagination and visual pictures and things like that. And I think it's been a good balance, you know, for us to be able to to do that. And you know, it may not be something that's become easily for everyone. Yeah. uh, But but what a great opportunity as we talk about these things, you know, to elevate the scriptures, but also to think about them in this in this way and to think of the visual pictures uh, that the the culture in Jesus's time and Jesus himself were using to articulate things about himself and about the truth of the good news. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I just encourage people to really lean into that this week. Yeah, well, we're going to just wrap it up there. Yeah. Uh, we've got a couple extra minutes, but um, use this couple extra minutes if you haven't had a chance yet to watch the videos that we've done Absolutely. talking about rule of life. And I, again, I think we talk about uh, trees as an analogy. Well, well, trees are nothing if not slow and steady. Um, and this is, this is a rhythms that we need in our life. And Chris, you've done a great job of articulating that you, you had a hand in writing all the scripts for the videos. Um, and you're helping us think through, um, rule of life. Any, anything you want to say, like, would there be a practice or something you would encourage people to do this week as we, as we contemplate this journey to the cross and then to Easter, as we contemplate rule of life? Yeah, well, we talked about some of those things earlier in this podcast. You know, I think this is a great opportunity to get outside as the weather warms up and to just use our skills of observation to look around us to see how God has created, how he is sustaining life, how he's bringing new life out of things that seemed dead or seemed, you know, in, seemed dormant. Um, so I would just really encourage people to take advantage of that. I think as we go into this season, um, Sarah Borens, who's a, a poet, a spiritual director that, that I love, you know, she talks about having intention and attention. 
And so I think really as we prepare ourselves for this season of, of celebration around Easter, but as we go through, you know, the Good Friday and the Quiet Saturday, I think having intention about how we want to, you know, connect with God and attention to what God is doing, mm-hmm. I think are the, is the best advice that I can give. And so that takes a little bit of space and time. And so find a few minutes uh, this week to create some space and time to welcome and respond to Jesus. I love it. Thanks, Chris. We'll be back next week with more Postscript. Thanks, Dave.